and welcome to the Line Break Podcast. My name is Chris Corlew, and with me, as always, is my friend and co-host, Bob Sakura. Well, hey, Chris. Hey, Bob. You're going to hate me. Why? I got to get the cats out of the room and close the door. I don't oh, know how the door opened up. While you do that, I will tell the listeners that you will almost certainly be hearing from my cat this episode. My kid, it's my kid's bedtime right now. And Dude, get out whenever, of here. <laughs> whenever I put the kid to bed, um, the cat's like, okay, it's my time. So she starts rubbing up against my legs and stuff. So you'll probably hear some purring in this episode. No cats on my end, though. No cats on Bob's end. <laughs> <laughs> we might have timed that to where I don't have to edit anything. Oh, that'd be incredible. Yeah. I'm just glad you have cats for me to meet next month. This is true. And next month is like days away. Yeah. <laughs> next month. <laughs> a week and a half from now. Yeah. We we saw each other over the summer. We did. Yeah. So a full six months later, another uh, line, back, line break reunion, this time in Kansas City. Yeah. We're on a seeing each other about twice a year kick for the last three years. It's yeah, been nice. Or, right. I, I guess like since vaccinations have become a thing, whatever right. that's been. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like being friends in the same city. Yeah, it's close between this and the podcast and uh, and the text chain. Yeah, it's almost like we we live around the corner from one another. <laughs> oh, that's some bleak. That's some bleak being old stuff. How often do you see your friends? Dark. Yeah. Oh man, um, still better than our parents' generation, I think. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm very excited for uh, the. Writers and academic programs and people who believe in the big old institution that is AWP to come uh, to Kansas City. I, I I very much believe we're a city worthy of it. I'm nervous of how it's going to go and what people are going to think based on uh, the fact that you, the airport's so far away and the convention center's <laughs> in such a lame part of town, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm excited. I'm excited. I will stop being a pessimist about this. Maybe this is just snobbery because I live in, you know, the greatest city in the world. Uh, but, like, airports being far away from things is just, like, something I've come to expect in this country. You you can't get off the airport and, and be anywhere, anywhere. But you, you have – but you can get off the airport and get on a train in Chicago. That's true. That's true. That's we true. do not have that. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> There's gonna, there's just gonna be, you know, a poet who travels here who hasn't thought about it very much, and they're gonna get out the airport. It's a beautiful new airport. I'm excited for y'all to see our airport. Uh, but you know, they're gonna get out, and they're gonna be like, "Huh, I can't get an Uber into town." <laughs> and behind this whole segment is uh, the tourism board is paying for my flight, so we had to do that spot. Can't <laughs> see. Oh my goodness. Uh, well, new year, regular yeah. episode. I new think year, that's regular episode. I think we Let's have something maybe fun in the works for next month, but this week, this month, it's just the two of us. Just the two of us, you and I. <laughs> uh, you want to kick us off? Let's. What you got? Yeah. I haven't I, even read yours yet. I, that's excellent. I read yours slightly, but I feel like I didn't give it a good read. So we're everyone's coming in hot today. This is a poem uh, by the, the illustrious uh, poet and person, really a wonderful person, uh, Sam Herschel Ween. Uh, it's called Community Check-In. It was posted, it was published, posted. It was published in the American Poetry Review uh, April of last year. Um, David Zaslav reading a poetry. <laughs> this line break featuring content went up on 
Oh gosh. Um, and I, I'm really bummed. I, I didn't read this poem till recently. I feel like I, I should have been excited for Sam uh, getting published in the American Poetry Review, uh, one of the bigger journals that I that I do respect quite a bit. I hope I like favorited something when he posted this, but I feel like I don't remember reading this poem uh, and stumbled upon it. And I was like, wow, I'm going to read this poem. So let's read Here this poem. Uh, community check-in. Sarah May tells me I help them be goofy. Josie tells me I don't need to worry. I got this. Talia tells me she feels sad, sad today, that she can't seem to keep going. Aviva texts, their brother died. Lou calls me. They're driving to Missouri to be with Vive. Do they need anything? They don't know yet. Gervais tells me he's brimming with anxiety, says he had plane issues. He left at 5 p.m. and got in at 4 a.m., and he's still so tired, but he can do it. He can work on the sample if I email it to him. Mariah posts a picture of three smiles without her and a sadness face. Who are these people? I type out. My family, she responds. I haven't been able to go home in years, and they're all together without me. Kate says I popped up on her memories and her photos app from 2018, said I was eating a churro. SB says if you need me to beat up that boy that didn't listen when you asked him to go slow, I'll fucking do it. I'll pull up to his house and everything. Chen says he's tired. My mom says she can't sleep. V says they feel like he's drowning all the time. Isa left work today because they were having a panic attack. Rose organized to start a union at her job, but says she maybe just wants them to fire her. Ruslan says that through my love and friendship, he was able to come out to his homophobic family and friends back in Kyrgyzstan. That he's so grateful for me, he could cry. He cries for a minute. Shirin says she finished succession. Catherine says she won an award. My dad calls, says, you need to get your oil changed. I know you have a lot on your plate, but please try to find a moment. Make sure you take your breath. Go and get the oil changed tomorrow. They open at eight. <laughs> that's funny, man. Yeah. <laughs> Chris is smiling at that poem. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, I've, I've grown in my old age. Maybe this is something, uh, kind of saccharine. And I hope, um, this doesn't read as me like, calling the poem sack or anything like that. Yeah. I've grown in my old age to uh, really appreciate when a, when I see a well executed type of something, mm -hmm. something in a, in a, in a kind of genre tradition. And it's just kind of like, there's nothing in this poem that like blows me away or like changes my life or, uh, or what are you cats doing something? Um, there's, there's nothing, uh, nothing in this poem that like, like just like, is like two in my face. It's just a really like perfectly executed, community check-in you know and then the mm -hmm. fact that it ends with you know the the dad calling and that blows out into two stanzas of like just kind of affirmations and then like you know like knowledge they open at eight like go get your oil change they open at eight take a breath you know that sort of stuff is like it's just such a nice bow on it that like i don't know it just it's just like yeah i was just kind of watching it unfold as you're reading it i was like it's working <laughs> perfectly you know <laughs> Yeah, no, there's a there's a, a like a total directness to it. Yeah. Um that that just really works in this way that I, I'm really fond of. Yeah. 
Yeah, hundred percent. And this is maybe a little insidey baseball, but I, I scrolled into the bus. I saw that Sam has uh, written a collaborative chapbook with Chen Chen, mm-hmm. uh, hero of this podcast. <laughs> maybe one day friend of this podcast, but right now hero of this podcast. And so, and I see Chen's name pop up in here, and I see names who I I feel like I recognize. Oh, that could be a poet's name, kind of thing. Sure. I know there's there's a there's a thing that poets do where they write poems with all their friends in it. It does. Yeah. It's not like I guess we we think of like. Shelley and Byron doing that to each other or whatever. But when it's contemporary <laughs> stuff, it's more just, it feels a little more intimate. It feels a little more like yeah. these could be real people. These could be not, but it's just kind of like, I feel like I've seen something akin to this and it's just a, yeah, a cool panoramic shot, but I, I'm taking this way too far to start. Um, what's the, um, what's the first question we asked? <laughs> yeah. Why this poem? Why'd you, why why'd you pick this poem? poem? Uh, so, so Sam's a friend of mine. Sam's a Chicago person. And uh, the other day I realized that uh, their chat book is coming out. Ooh, is coming out soon or maybe I feel like I I feel like I just re, I just ordered it and it still said pre-order. But now it says 2023 on the page. Um, and the, the chat book is called Butt Stuff Flower Bush. Um, and Excellent. I was excited to order it because um, Sam is just a total sweet sweet gem of a human being um and that made me google you know like what's what's sam been up to um because we have we haven't been in touch in quite a while sure. uh, um and uh this poem came up and i was like when were you in apr this is amazing <laughs> um and i really like the poem and i think it's i think it's emblematic of something he does really well in kind of like you know the poem yeah, it's called community check-in. Community being this kind of like thematic thing in the poem, but I feel like somehow the the poem is enacting that energy too. It's something like you're saying with the the naming um, of you know I'm assuming real people, yeah. um, and this like kind of assumed familiarity. Like you don't need to know who any of them are. It right. doesn't matter. Like you're you're just you're right there with us. The enacting idea is a really strong one because there is something there's something performative to the language by calling it a community check-in and then naming yeah. these people you are naming these people as your community yeah and yeah you came to this poem community check-in by doing a check-in on your friend sam <laughs> it's incredible it's all happening but yeah you you keep going though you were you were on something um, I don't. I, I thought I was going too far. I, I was. I was saying like, yeah. There's a short answer of of why this poem um, is. Yeah, I, I was excited to. I think pre-order, maybe just purchase yeah. uh, this chapbook by a friend and a poet who I like quite a bit. And yeah. then I said, caught this poem, and I was like, whoa, hey, hey, this is this is that thing that you do. Yeah. Um, I met Sam at a chapbook release for previous chapbook uh, back in 2017 called Fruit Mansion. And I think the last poem in that chat book, I think it's also called Fruit Mansion. And it just, it does this very similar thing. I think it's something that uh, it's really great at. And yeah, as we both expressed a little bit lack of preparedness today, I'm, yeah. I'm struggling to, to quite put my finger on it. But it is this sort of inviting everyone in. Yeah. In the yeah. poem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That I think is really cool. Yeah. So what's the uh, into that? Let's get let's get a little bit deeper than that. What's the move for you? Um, I mean, I you know, on one level, it is this just the familiarity, the familiarity, or the. Whoo, is there this, a particular detail of the familiarity that you like better than right. others? Is there one that but, sings to you more? 
I'm going to get there. I'm okay. going to get there. Okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So the familiarity, the familiar, oh, I cannot say this word right now. It's a tough one. The familiarity there you go. of the naming and how that's working in this, you know, almost sort of a list. Yeah. And as we said, it's just like not ornate. It's not like overly poetic. You know, it's 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 just kind of running through. Yeah, all, that's what I was trying to get at. People. It's not very po. It's not it's not poetese. Right, right. You know? And you know, I think there's something very much going on here, like about uh, you know, chosen family um, yeah. and the people you choose to bring into your life. And so for me, kind of the move is this, the way that it ends um, is the dad figure calling. And, you know, I guess, I guess part of it's just, it's just something I can relate to so much of when I yeah. end phone calls, my dad, he checks in on like the car or sure, sure. Like, it was my computer working or, you know, just like logistical things and how after, you know, this, this, this list, God, I am like at a loss for prettier words today. I want to say something better than a list, but this list of of um, you know a lot of people in the poem who are struggling with something. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, really heavy, and then kind of not necessarily really heavy, but like various amounts of heaviness. I think it's yeah. one of the the brilliant parts of it is how it is like some things are very mundane, um, and some things are bigger, um, and then I think there's just almost this the sense of like you expect the dad calling and the oil change to kind of feel like, yeah, great dad. Um, I don't care. Like it's not helpful. Either reassuring um, or something brushed off, but it's just kind of neutral. It is, but it does feel like it does read to me like this, also this warmth that it like, like that, yeah. the way that that is also community check-in. Right. I guess a warm you know? neutral, a warm yeah. neutral, but it's right. not, a, it's not a saccharine neutral. Yeah, it's not, it's a, not it's saccharine. Not, it's not sarcastic. Yeah. It's not, yeah. Like it's not on the other poles. Yeah. Um, uh, but it, it, yeah, it's, it's a, a twist maybe isn't the right word that I want to use. Um, but it just, it's so strike, like struck me, struck me. <laughs> <laughs> it struck me. <laughs> And, uh, you know, yeah, in this way that just felt like both real and like continue to kind of challenge, I don't know if challenge is even the right word or what to use, but co- like complicated um, this idea of community check-in and like made it more expansive yeah. than the poem already was doing in a really cool way. Definitely. The the dad calling at the end, if, see, it reminded me a little bit of, um, the whole poem reminds me a little bit of a story I read so long ago that I'm probably misremembering it, misquoting it. Um, Susan Sontag's, I believe Sontag's, the way we live now, I believe it's called, and it's it's kind of a, it it doesn't have like a um, like a typical story structure of like rising action, climax, and falling action stuff. It's just kind of like linearly moves along, and it's just like this this section of paragraphs that just describes a bunch of people who have their circumstances change. Mm-hmm. And as you're reading the stories, as you're reading the story, you're kind of realizing that it's all like. It's it's as the AIDS de- epidemic is like sweeping through her mm-hmm. friend group, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and so like people are just some people are getting sick, some people are simply changing the way they live, some people are moving, some people are doing this differently, some like that's small and mundane or whatever, right? Um, and it just rather than be about a single person, it's about this like group of friends and and like people are varying degrees of okay and not okay. Right, um, and this this feels like, especially with the my dad calls and says you need to go get your oil change. Yeah. There's something felt like very, maybe this is just me reading it, just me reading it. But there's yeah. there's, there's something felt very like 
phone out of the pocket. My dad calls like, it's like, like felt like something I, I experienced, you know, like, yeah, not like, yeah. not like, Oh, I'm at home and you know, it's, it's after dinner and I'm calling my dad during the baseball game or whatever. No, it's, no, no. Yeah. It feels like I'm doing something else. I'm at the grocery store or whatever. And my dad right. calls, you know, right. There's some, I don't know what in the poem gave me that, but like, yeah, just the, the going through with every friend, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, no. That's very much how it reads to me of, there's this clear, I think, intentionality of the speaker of, or, or like, I don't know, maybe it's just suggested, but like, yeah, like I am checking in with all of these people in my life, all of these yeah. friends. And then there's just like this weirdly different way that the dad checks in. Um, yeah. Yeah. It just like really resonates with me. It feels familiar and it also feels, um, like I said, yeah, like, there's this expanding going on yeah. um, and, and making the concept of the community check-in feel really full. Yeah, know? absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, feel really, really complete almost. Right. Know? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah that's, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're, we're, we're veering into beyond the page. Do you want to just go ahead and do beyond the page? Yeah. What's beyond the page for you? Um, I mean, I think <laughs> it doesn't. I don't want to lead you to that. You don't have to. No, no, no. I, I, I do think that's kind point. of the direction I want to go. Um, I think it's just kind of like uh, that time of the year where this this really hits me. Yeah, um, a warmth and uh, weather kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of, of it's been it's been miserable here. Frankly, it's been sure, so yeah. cold. Yeah, um, same here. My skin is drier than it's ever been. Like without, yeah. without a doubt. I put um, lotion on every day. I got cuts on my hands still. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think I come back from uh, seeing my family uh, for Christmas. Uh, and, you know, this year I wasn't around. I was out of town for New Year's too. Right. And so I get back and I'm like, oh, I haven't seen people around. I haven't seen many people around here. Yeah, you go check lately. in with your family, and then you yeah. come home and check in with your people in your daily yeah. life. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm thinking of, like, our, our group chat. I feel like I'm a little disconnected from folks. That, yeah, like, yeah. just, like, having one of those moments where I'm like, ooh, this is this is a good reminder of why that's important to me. Um, you know, who, you know, just make me think about all those things of who is my community, who is, yeah. who are the people I'm choosing to stay connected to. I, yeah, I don't know. I feel Sam's work makes me think about yeah where do i put my energy with the people in my life in sure. a way that i really like yeah. um uh-huh. yeah that's um, good to yeah. take stock of yeah yeah exactly because yeah. it's so easy you know like again yeah uh teacher schedule where you know things are ramping up in january and yeah right. just getting off a break it's so easy for me You're like nope not yeah. gonna see people for a bit not gonna call you know yeah um yeah and i i, I like those little remind. i like this as a as a reminder of uh who are the people in my life who do i need to say hi to yeah, it's something I'm super grateful for, like, and this is pretty off-brand for me, but, like, with, like technology, <laughs> you know, like, with, like, with, with social media, with, um, even, the, even the apps I, like, I still have a Facebook account because there's so many people in high school that it's not worth talking to, but it is worth, like, waving right. at occasionally, right. you know, right. um, and we don't live in the same city, so we can't literally wave at each other, um, you know, yeah. and, and then, like, all my friends, like, our, our, our group chat with our friends from college and that we play pickup with and stuff, and, like, that's a huge part of how I follow the NBA is keeping up with my friends and talking about the NBA, you know? Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. It's just, yeah, you, 
I don't know, especially especially for me, like being a being a house husband and living off of a train station, like not connected to a train station. I have to work to stay connected to people. So you right. know, like right. the conscious decision to go out, the conscious decision to spend time with certain people and text certain people and email certain people and yeah, it's just, but it everyone feels important to me. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, no matter what kind of energy I put into them, everyone feels important. Right. I put into the relationship, everyone feels important to me. Right. Yeah, this feels like it's a reminder of the way that I think I like that word you use of like these conscious choices of yeah, like you are making choices to do these things, um, and then also to uh, to endlessly fall off into Roske of the, the way like these are habits too, and these are practices. Right. Yeah. You know? yeah, 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 hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you've got a poem. I did. Yeah, poem. you've got a poem. I did. I did. I did this week bring a poem. Uh, mine is a little bit less. Uh, we don't have a we don't have a tonal match this week. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, mine is uh, mine's a little bit heavier. Um, uh, so I've been reading. If you, I don't cross promote here very often because uh, I it makes me feel icky. But uh, I, I do have a, a blog, a newsletter that I regularly update. Shipwrecksailor.substack.com. Although I'll probably get getting off Substack soon. But if you subscribe to the newsletter letter as is, you'll know where I move. Um, so for the last month, I've been doing this uh, project where I read Howard Zinn's A People's History of the United States, Roxanne Dunbar Ortiz's An Indigenous People's History of the United States, and the book 400 Souls, A Community History of African America, 1619 to 2019, edited by Ibram X. Kendi and Keisha N. Blaine, um, kind of as a... I wanted to start my year off doing something, doing a history project, doing a learn about the country kind of thing, um, you know, in, in book form as opposed to news articles and podcasts or whatever, however else I get my history. That's been, uh, that's been a, fun, a rewarding experience, I'll say. You know, a lot of stuff I already knew, a lot of stuff I didn't know, a lot of stuff I didn't know in the detail I now know it. But that's a lot of prelude. I've been detailing that journey on my blog. And it's a lot of prelude to what I noted the other day was my favorite poem in the book 400 Souls. The way 400 Souls Mm. is structured is it has 10 parts, and at the end of each part, there's a poem. Um, So it's it's like an anthology of history. Right. Um, So everyone writes a chapter, and at the end of each part, there's a poem. And uh, what Ibram X. Kendi says in the intro is it's like the book is intended to be kind of like a choral piece. Where like mm. the the parts are like a multi voice piece, and then they end with like this this poem, and that's supposed to be like a solo. Okay. So some of them are a little bit in, in that vein. Some of them are a little bit. Um, they're all good poems. I haven't read a single poem that I didn't like. I haven't read a single right. poem that I was like, that's a little on the nose here. You know, like they've all been good. Yeah. But they are like a lot of them. A lot of them do feel like they're summing up a section in a history book sometimes, mm. um, which is fine. It's yeah. not something I have a problem with, but I really like this one because it's, for lack of a better term, like it uses a lot of poetes and like it, it's like um, it's really imagistic. It's really yeah. it has like a cadence to it that I feel like you you find in poets' poetry, you know. And yeah, um, there's just something that like really, but there's still there's still a bunch of history to it. It definitely sums up the section that came before it, um, the section that came before it. Let me find the book so I can get the years right. We're covering roughly 1859 to 1899, mm-hmm. which I would argue is not a great time in American history, but, you know. Um, so, yeah, this poem just jumped out to me, and oh, that's yeah. a lot of prelude, but we'll do it. There's, Let's um, read it. 
I'll probably mispronounce the title. There's something in the title that, and it shows up again in the poem that looks like it is maybe Morse code, or it's at least it's symbols I didn't know and I couldn't right. figure out from a few minutes of googling. Like I put in like Morse code translators, and they're like, nope, not that's not what this is, and huh. other yeah. stuff. So I, I don't know what it is. Um, someone enlightened can reach out to me, but um, I, I still think the poem reads like a sick poem. So here we go. This is John Wayne Niles, Hermius Joseph Ashkadam by Mahogany L. Brown. Gunshot wound is a violent way to say gone missing. Your body will be laid to rest by your family's devoted palms. Black people will always find each other in the passage between death and America, a country designed in an image of rot, but we've always been able to ferment the good, knuckle-deep in prayer, despite the steel. Eat well, sleep sound, faith in the hands that raise children and wheat. This is what happens when you blind, divine, and brilliant. A smoke signal is sent to snuff you clean off this good land, your land, the way your blood is righteous in the toiled soil, until a home, a community, a church is centered, start, boom, then born. Migration for freedom is a drinking gourd anthem, is a liberation of black and black and brown dot link and link our DNA. Listen, the time is ours. Blow the doubt to bits. Missing gone say hush. Secret to Nicodemus beats beneath the sternum in Compton, beneath the solid stretch of acre in Mississippi and Detroit. And the crown of our labor chant, a river returning to the source, a reddening dusk that will never settle on the backs of our people. Yeah. Yeah. Almost feel like, you know, I was saying, I almost, almost feel like you have to ask why this poem, like, wow, there's, <laughs> this is a classic one where you feel like you could spend a lot of time, you know, diving into each line. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot going on here. My this goodness. Is, this is a go around the room and just say the first thought that comes to your head and everyone else goes, Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a fun one. I mean, it's not fun, but yeah, it's it's a poem. It's a poem poem. It's a poem. It's a poem poem for yeah. sure. Yeah. I, I followed the lead of uh past guest Isaac Pickell and, and Googled some stuff. Uh, there we go. poetry. Um, Ermius Joseph Askedon, I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. I Googled like four different pronunciations <laughs> and really tried, uh, to internalize it. And I even did it before we got on air, like in, in between Bob's poem and mine, this little behind the scenes there. I'm still not hundred percent confident, right. um, but it's the, uh, it's the, the birth name of rapper Nipsey Hussle. Um, hmm. uh, LA based rapper, if I'm right, I'm not super familiar with Nipsey Hussle, but he died another 2019 or 2020, mm-hmm. um, too young, um, but he was really beloved in this community. He was a he was a big time. I think he would, you know, what, what little I know about him, I think he would like to be remembered as someone who inspired people. Right. Um, yeah. So I I, I know. Uh, and then Nicodemus and John Wayne Niles. John Wayne Niles is a um, a man who found one was one of the founders of the town Nicodemus, which is. Uh, was the first black settlement in what is now Kansas. 
um, when there was still a, a scramble for Kansas before it was a, decided it would be a slave state or a free state. Um, and John Wayne Niles has a complicated legacy. You know, some people say he's a swindler and a liar and a cheat, and other people say he's, you know, a former enslaved person who was just trying to stay alive. Um, but he was one of the founders of this town. Um, so, you know, there's, there's some history in this poem, but the history is weaved in there kind of, kind of the way you would if you're writing a poem rather than like, you know, right. Right. Of, I'm not, or, not just telling you this history. I'm right. Uh, going through it with language, wrestling with it through language, understanding it through new ways through language. Of art out of it. Yeah yeah. 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 That's so interesting. Um, cause I think it is. Very much you feel it in the poem, but to see it enacted in the title of those the the two historical figures, even though one is much more contemporary, although also is you know unfortunately past tense, to think of that in the context of this book, you know, yeah. this, this which is specifically like a four hundred year right. So in a, like I said, I think Nipsey Hussle died in two thousand nineteen. So yeah, you have yeah. This, these connections to this, like this would have been on Mahogany L. Brown's mind as right. they were writing the poem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oof. Yeah, there's there's a whole sweep of history in this poem. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. How about you bring us in a little bit closer to any individual parts? What's the move or moves that you want to take us to? I think it felt good to read a really imagistic poem, and mm. it's been a minute since I have. Yeah, I've been on a kick lately. The show's kind of gotten me on a kick, but like just my, the way my tastes have evolved, like. I like some more conversational poems now and I've, I've been reading some more of those and kind of consciously seeking them out to be like, you know, not every poem has to sound like this one I just read. <laughs> um, and just, just expanding, you know, the yeah. stuff I like, but I, I definitely, you know, have written like this still to an extent, write Like this and, sure. uh, and gravitate to stuff like that. And I, I kind of like the, how unafraid it is to, to leave stuff and mm-hmm. to jump from image, image to image. Yeah. So, so that's the move. The the leaving stuff and jumping around is um, in the images is is what was drawn me. And specifically, um, specifically the times where it's like a real like percussive like announcing first line that follows on a on a sentence. Um, yeah. Like gunshot wound, line break is a violent way to say gone missing. Um, or listen, line break. The time is ours. Yeah. Line break. Blow the doubt to bits. I love that. That might that's, be my favorite that's stanza. Incredible. Yeah, that might be my favorite stanza. Absolutely. Listen, the time is ours. Blow the doubt to bits. That rules. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's there's the po- poems full of those moments, but those are two that jump out to me for sure. I am so struck by that middle section, um, the way that one ends. Migration for freedom is a drinking gourd anthem is a liberation of black and black and brown dot link and link our DNA. And it's certainly not something I can fully pull apart. Yeah. Um, but just like one of those things, like I know something's happening there. Um, I was reading that kind of intentionally slowly, but it gets, it's got no punctuation. So I think it does kind of feel fast on the page. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. It's, do you know the, the drinking gourd song, the spiritual? I do not. Yeah. That's a, that's a old, Spiritual. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Follow the drinking gourd. Oh, um, yeah. Okay. Enslaved people would call the Big Dipper the drinking right, right. gourd. Yeah. Right, right, Um I don't know what to do with the second line, though. There's a lot mm-hmm. that you can pull out there. Um, right. I mean, there's. I know there's a lot implied. And like you said, I know there's there's something working. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's about all I think. Mean, you know, the, the first line is pretty <laughs> straightforward, but then where the second one goes, I don't know. But, like, yeah. not a um, 
uh, not not like not like too obtuse, and I don't know, like a, oh, I know I know it's doing something, and I'm letting it work on me rather than right. like interrogating it too deeply. Um, right, right, yeah. I'm not gonna go crazy over it, but the these so you you were describing this earlier of there's these dot dash slashes slashes, and like yeah, I, I, I'm with you. If I want to describe them as dots and dashes, as if they are Morse code. Um, but that's it's in the middle of the title and it's it's in the two section breaks. Yeah, and I'm so curious about them. I'm so curious, and I wonder I, if it's there's something linguistic there that like mm-hmm. you know goes to a, a, a maybe a, you know language that you or I wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, um, or if or if it is just like or, or or if it's like something imagistic that like we, we sure. just wouldn't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm so curious, and I don't know because the the, yeah. the the use of it like there to. To sort of break off sections, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Oof. I I am curious. I would be curious to see. I deliberately didn't seek this out. Um, I would be curious to see either mahogany or somebody else read it. Um, because yeah. I know like like, and and to me, you know, I'm I'm southern. I'm also married to a black woman, so I I have a little bit of dialect in my head, but I, I'm obviously a white person who's going to talk like a white person. But I I hear I see this the line. Missing, gone, say, line break, hush in italics, line break, the secret to Nicodemus. That does read to me as, like, the way I read it. Missing, gone, say, hush, uh, gone meaning go on as instead mm-hmm. of gone. Um, but I would love to, I would be curious to see if, like, other people read other lines in the poem differently, you know? Right. Uh, or if, like, if there was, if other people hear things differently than me in this poem. Um but I think that's the strength of the poem. I think that's something cool about the poem. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oof. Oof. Yeah, this is a poem we could. Ooh, we. Yeah. Um, tell me uh, what this poem's doing doing for you beyond the page. Uh, permission giving. To, mm. be, to bring imagism and uh, and and pick up and drop off stuff in back, yeah. in my, back into my writing. Yeah. Because uh, I, I am. I feel like I'm always doing this explainer dance, you know, and I guess we've talked about it in other ways in the show, but like just me personally in my writing, I'm doing this, like this dance of like how oblique and imagistic and, and musical for the sake of music do I want to be and how, how grab you by the shoulders. Listen, this is me telling you something. Do I want to be right? Um, and I've, I've leaned that way a bit recently with some stuff I've been working on. And it, it this is a, fun reminder to just like, just throw some images at people, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, mm-hmm. don't be afraid of short lines. Like let the short lines be, and let the short, don't let the short lines be quiet. Let the short lines be like, like snare drums sometimes, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, and, uh, uh, yeah. So per- permission giving. And, and I guess I did want to touch a little bit on like, I just think it's neat. I've harped on this point on this show and on, in the blog, the, idea of like reading history and poets in conjunction with one another. Right. I think it's really cool and a really sick concept for this book. And I think something that I know I'm biased. I don't really have anything to back this up. I just think it makes it stronger. I think it makes it a stronger project. And I, I wish I would, I could see more, uh, nonfiction books incorporate poetry. I think that would be fun. Yeah. No, I think that's a, it it feels like an interesting, uh, angle. I, I'm yeah. I'm just like curious to like how a poet can try and like make that happen. 
yeah. more often. Because I, I agree, that seems, you know, like, what if, I don't know what I'm saying. But yeah, that just seems like an opportunity where there's yeah. something there. A maybe facile way, a maybe kind of like stupid guy way of saying it would be like, um, you know, history can like tell you what happened or whatever, and a poem can like, can make you feel it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Right, you know? right. I kind of think like I, I've realized recently, and and, been, and and I'm okay with this, but I know it's a, it's a flaw in the way I understand history. I picture a lot of history from movies, you know. Mm, um, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I think I, we've talked about whether or not you picture images in your head when you read them on the show before, and I think I'm a little bit better than you. But it's harder for me to get into like the vibe, the atmosphere, the mood of a mm. place just from you know, like it's. You have to remember, I'm reading, like, you know, people coming over on the Mayflower and stuff. You have to remember these people smell like shit, and the indigenous people did not, you know? And, like, you, you forget that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, uh, you forget that, um, you know, you, you start complaining about winter, and then you're reading about people who lived before electricity, right. Right. Um, that sort of thing. Um, so maybe a facile way of saying it is, like, poets do have this, or, or the poem as an art form is uniquely designed to put you in the vibe of something, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. right. And maybe that's not an accurate vibe. Maybe that's not a wholly like historically accurate vibe, but like maybe can put like in this book I'm finding can put me in the vibe of like a person living in the 21st century, reading about stuff from a long time ago. Yeah. It can it, it feels a little more grounding in place than than the dry history does. Right. Well, maybe, maybe that's that. one way. Along yeah. that same kind of line of thought is, I think this is something I was trying to get at before of, of you just yeah, like a breather from history. You know, like yeah, a, a, yeah like you said, like an, ex, an exhale, a way to think about it a little bit differently. Um, and I think that could apply to a lot of things, not just history. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is this scratching about, something? Um, yeah. I don't know, I've been thinking to, about with. Um, with the way we did uh, the latest game title podcast when we were doing the Vine audios books, mm-hmm. we put like musical stingers in between each story. Right. We got like Brennan and I just like idly talking about um, uh, like variety shows and radio shows and how like mm. things, you know, like you, you know, like the band plays a song and then like, you know, the host says something and then a guest comes on and like says something and then they move on to another story while the band plays another song or what, you know, like, and just like all these different art forms, like feeding off of one another when you right. think about it, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which the, this was going to get me into. I, I think uh, I'm excited for you with this project because I, as a thing, I, I make a fuss over with creative writing students of just like, you know, pay attention to what you're taking in, what you're reading, what you're doing, because like that's all going to filter out at yeah. some point, you know. Yeah. yeah. Like that's that's going to be it's going to show up in the writing somehow. Yeah, I'm yeah, a big believer yeah. in like stuff you don't see, like still affecting you, like stuff kind of yeah. like sticking with you in ways that you don't acknowledge. You know, absolutely. Um, yeah, and and yeah, yeah. Hell yeah! yeah. Oh my. <sighs> well, we're rusty. We're rusty, but <laughs> I think next month, if if things go the way I want them to, we'll be even. More off the walls, but in a more poetic way, I think. Um, well, we're going to talk some hoops. 30% of our listenership can tune out, I guess. <laughs> um, 
So I'm going to give you a run of topics tonight. Um, and this, this doesn't have, I don't have a poetry connection yet because we are rusting. It is the first episode of the year. Um, do you want to talk about how we both have to eat major crow about the Clippers right now? Or do you want to talk about Victor <laughs> Wimbanyama and Chet Holmgren playing against each other the other night? Oh, either of those topics would do. What are you more excited about right now? I hate to say it. And maybe I should just do this publicly. I'm really excited about the Clippers. <laughs> I'm so excited about the Clippers. I'm so excited that James Harden is playing like a point guard. James Harden, a player who I've written off at least six times in his career as being yeah. someone I am done with caring about and don't like. Um, I still just think Kawhi is like one of the coolest players in the world. Um, I, you know, I'm back and forth on whether or not I think Paul George is cool, but I caught that like 40 bucket that he had the other night the 44 point game i think he had like last uh-huh. week maybe uh-huh. and i was like paul george is cool tonight um, <laughs> and uh I, you know i'm a big zubats fan so zubats doing well with harden is warms right. warms my heart um the clippers are exciting i'm i'm really excited but i also i like the aliens too i like i like chet and wimby um but i was talking about chet and wimby i am terrified of the clippers being exciting yeah you shouldn't um, probably we you probably shouldn't have any yeah i i just know. i i don't want to get my hopes up about this that i, I so badly do not believe in <laughs> um that yeah i will say we we I, everyone needs to eat pro and the harden thing yeah um you know i even th- harden let's be honest <laughs> but you know <laughs> <laughs> um yeah the any team with Kawhi on it is still going to be like a little too ISO yeah. dependent yeah. for my tastes. Yeah. Um, but they're, the ball's moving a little bit more. The Harden Zubac, Zubac pick and roll is delightful. He's singing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, Zubac I just... is my favorite like random 2020 guy. <laughs> you know, like it's just like, oh, yeah, they just, the other center was 6 9 tonight. So Zubac had 20 points on eight shots and got 24 rebounds too. <laughs> he's just like, he's just been consistently like pretty good. He yeah. does get eaten up by some of the better centers. Um, but you know, like the Clippers uh, traded uh, three months of Mike Muscala to the Lakers for him. Uh, four bonkers. Five years ago. It was a bonkers so. deal at the time. It was insane. <laughs> like Zubats wasn't the player he is now back then. But you could still see the Lakers don't have anybody, and they could right. really use a Zubats. <laughs> and this was right after they're like, "Well, they just signed LeBron, and they want to trade for Anthony Davis. Having a stretch five would be great." But they just let Robin Lopez or Brook Lopez walk for yep. nothing yep. after he shot forty percent for three from him. <laughs> let Brook walk and go win a championship in in Milwaukee as an almost defensive player of the year. <laughs> yeah, the clip. Uh... Yeah, um, yeah. Zubats is Zubats is a. I, I love centers that are like. And I kind of think this if I was if I was a GM building a team, yeah, you can get a Jokic or an Embiid, right? And that's awesome. Like yeah. obviously, you're not going to be upset if you have Hakeem Olajuwon or Shaquille O'Neal on your team. But if you have a guy who I think the historic example of this is Robert Parrish, um, but in uh, Zubat, I'm not comparing Zubats and Robert <laughs> Parrish, but um, like a guy who is just solid, like he protects the rim, he rebounds. He sets good screens. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he scores when he catches the ball. Um, and and is just solid, just like a solid, like a like an 80 rated 2K center, you know. 
Um, and when you have a guy like that, it, you just fill out the roster with whoever else you have, you know, right. Like, right. You've got that, that center position and he'll, he might get swallowed up by a Jokic. He might get swallowed up by an NBA, but he might, you know, beat up on Bam Adebayo, you know, mm-hmm. or, um, uh, take Carl Anthony Towns completely out of a game. Cause that's not hard to do. Right. Um, did you see the sixty-two point game? No, I'm I'm mad. I was I was watching it. And I'm, you know, mentioned social media and just yeah, I saw that Embiid was going off. I saw that oh, Cat's also having a great game, and then I just saw the the meltdown. And that's the funniest yeah. thing and the the most Carl Anthony Towns thing possible yeah. is putting up sixty-two. Sixty-two he had forty-four points and a half. And a time. loss. Sixty-two, Ugh. and and not only did he put up sixty-two. He was shooting so badly in the fourth quarter that his coach benched him. He was shooting the team out of the game. Unbelievable. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. Uh, on, on, on the other question, though, uh, I, I have to also uh, eat crow on. I was not convinced that Chet Holmgren would, would, would be this. I thought he'd be a washout. I thought he'd be like, um, I didn't think he'd be quite as bad as Sean Bradley. And Sean Bradley had an okay career. He, sure. he he was derailed by injuries, so we should give respect to his his hook shot for his rookie season. Um, <laughs> but you know, I thought he, I thought he'd be like, I thought he'd be a ten and ten guy, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought he'd start. I thought he'd get some block shots, but I thought he'd mostly get beaten up. Right. Um, he's been right. awesome. And he no, looks he, cool out there too. He looks like he awesome. can handle and like. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. I, I was watching the Wemby game. Like you know, I I watched about a half of everything I watched. You know. And because because kids bedtime, right? But I saw him just like he got a rebound. It was a long rebound. He dribbled from about free throw line <laughs> to three point line, and it wasn't a fast break. But he just he just kind of calmly brought it up. He made sort of a move, and then he just yeah. pulled up from three. And I was like, that looks like a good shot for you. I don't know, <laughs> like why not? But he's seven two or whatever. Uh, yeah, and and I I just you know when he got injured for the first year. I just looked yeah. at both. I just looked at both those guys and was like, I don't know if those bodies are going to work. Yeah, so far they are. Zion's bodies only right. sort of working, right. you know. Right. Um, and so far it is. Uh, yeah. And the league is definitely more exciting with both of them healthy. So let's yeah. knock it on wood for that. Yeah. Um, no, it's it's been a fun season. We have a, a diverse group of stars right now. Yeah. We have yeah. Like, Shea Gilgis Alexander is like the second coming of Penny Hardaway, but like better. Um, he's just like long and lanky and cool as hell. Uh, you know, all, the old guys on the Clippers are all having good seasons. Um, Giannis, Jokic, uh, and um, uh, Embiid are just such cool players. Yeah. Um, I'm not a Luka fan, but I get that he's exciting for other people. Um, it's, it's a good time for the league right now. Oh, um, my guy Tyrese. I love Halliburton so much. I love both Tyrese's, Halliburton and Maxie. And Maxie, yeah, absolutely. Maxie plays with such joy. Speaking of playing with joy, Emmanuel Quickly, I'm a big Quickly fan. When the Raptors got him, I'm like, that's okay, Raptors. You've got Emmanuel Quickly. He'll just make you happy. You won't win a lot of games, but he'll make you happy. <laughs> yeah, Halliburton's like, how, awesome. How high are you on Quickly? that's about how high I am. No, he's not going to win them games. He's just fun. He just... <laughs> He plays with joy, and I like dudes who play with joy. But Halliburton plays with joy. Halliburton's great. Speaking of joy, I don't know the context, but when I checked Twitter at our at our break, there's a video going around of uh, Tim Thibodeau is smiling and laughing about something tonight. So, oh, excellent. Good. <laughs> so that's how you know things are good. 
<laughs> probably probably OG Ananobi played 48 minutes and asked for more. <laughs> That's what Dips is smiling about. I think he loves more than playing OG Ananobi 44 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, what was I, man? What was I thinking about that um, recently? Something with something with OG and Nobi. I don't remember, but it's just like, man, you you really gotta, yeah. You sh- you 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 should like ensure your body if you get traded to a Tibbs team and you play small yeah. forward. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but the Knicks oh are my. fun. The Knicks are fun. You know, the, the Knicks, Knicks are, are fun. fun. If I'm saying the Knicks are, I've been saying this for about two years now, but like. I really like Julius Randle. He's a player I irrationally just think is really cool. That tracks so much. Anthony Mason, Larry Johnson type. Um, Jalen Brunson's rad. Um, Brunson is great. Yeah, Brunson's great. I showed my son a picture of Jalen Brunson to co- try to convince him to let his mother twist his hair out for him because he he doesn't he doesn't like his hair touched, but mm. it has to get washed. Your hair yeah. has to get washed. Yeah, but good <laughs> NBA season though. It's good yeah, NBA season. Feeling good about it. And in season term is great. Do we are we doing AWP then uh, All Star break? Is it is it like? I'm not sure. Is it holiday? Is it holiday <laughs> time for the line break podcast? <laughs> uh, it, it should be about then, but I I have not kept track of my calendar. Yeah, especially I haven't kept track of my NBA calendar that well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my! But yeah, all right. Good, exciting season. We should go to bed. We should go to bed, and we'll see each other in about 10 days. God, let's stop. Which means talk to our listeners even, you know, not too much longer after that. Right. (laughs) All right. Our music is done by Brendan Johnson. Our art is done by A.M. Strickland, and we'll talk to y'all after AWP. Bye.